Life Audio. Just ahead on Encouragement for You, Dr. Frank Minrith discusses mental stability. And Steve Saint, author of The End of the Spear, talks about forgiveness and reconciliation. Welcome to the Encouragement for You podcast, brought to you by Encouragement Communications in association with the Salem Web Network and is part of the Life Audio Faith Toolkit series. For more inspirational, faith-affirming podcasts, visit lifeaudio.com. In just a moment, your host, Don Hawkins, will introduce today's episode. First, a word from our sponsors. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. How can we measure and grow mental stability? In a previously recorded interview with the late Dr. Frank Minrith, host Don Hawkins and Dr. Minrith gave points on how we can measure and grow our mental stability to lead a more fulfilling life. One of my favorite verses in all the Bible is Daniel 6, 3, 8. It says, Then this Daniel was preferred above all the presidents and princes because an excellent spirit was in him. Hmm. He was a gifted man. But if you read on in that chapter, chapter 6, he was not only gifted, he was mentally stable. It gives you some hints that maybe some things, Don, we can do to be mentally stable. I'm going to give these very quickly because there's a lot of material tonight. All right, let's find out. Number one, the first thing Daniel did to improve his mental stability. Well, he loved God's Word. Hmm. Uh, it talks about in Daniel 6, 5b, the law of his God. So he obviously valued the law of his God. God's word gives mental stability, Don. Mm. You know, it says the entrance of your word gives light. It gives understanding to the simple in Psalm 119. David felt the same way, Frank. Uh, the second thing is you want mental stability is pray. Daniel 610b, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day. And uh, so if you want mental stability... Ask God to give it to you. And Jesus told us that was the correct approach when he said in Luke 18, 1, that we're to always pray and never give up. Number three. Number three is determination. Daniel 6:10. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, and remember up above there, Don, there was a decree. They couldn't ask anything other than to the king. Right. And he said, he went into his house, and his window being open in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled. 
And so, yeah. so he was determined he was going to worship God. Yeah. He, he was determined. Yeah, he did not give up in his worship. And I'm tempted to go back to Luke 18.1, but just for variety's sake, Frank, for this one, let me add a New Testament verse from Paul, uh, which is uh, Galatians 6.9. Let's not grow weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not, if we don't give up. Number four. Number four, Don, and this is by analogy, and, and actually a wonderful youth pastor, Ron Evans, uh, gave you this one. I, I think it's so good, but he was careful. He, he was careful what he took in. Now you look in chapter one; he, he, he refused the king's food, and just like he did that concretely, abstractly today, we need to be careful what we take in. Yes. If you want to be mentally healthy, be real careful what you take in. Because we become what we take in. You take in too much of things that are unhealthy, yeah. then that can, it can be a real problem moving toward mental health and stability. This is a measure, just a real rough measure of your mental stability. And I'm going to start out with dramatic, but I'll move in some areas that will, that will tap into every but one. And we're going to grade these zero to ten. Okay. Zero means that you don't really have this symptom. It's certainly not significant. One means it's a little bit of an issue, and before you say it's not an issue at all, think a little bit. And, and 10 is, you know, the FBI's outside the door, they got handcuffs, they're ready to carry you away. So oh you're really unstable. Yeah. So here, here we go. Number one is addictions. Uh, okay. Addictions point toward instability. Now, if you have them, you know, a lot of people get into them, Don. A lot of people at churches get yeah. into them. But there are things you could do about it. But definitely it's a point of instability. Yeah. And one of the biggest addictions today, Don, is thought of not as an addiction, but it is. And that's, of course, pornography. Oh, it's a huge thing today, and it's a sad and devastating thing. Ironically, we've done programs on this. A lot of people think this is a totally male problem, and it predominantly is. But there are actually females who've called in on this program and said they are addicted to pornography. Another one, Frank, that's huge today is a gambling addiction. There are a lot of people, Internet gambling, other forms of gambling, they've become addicted to that. And even shopping, shopaholics, people who are addicted to the misuse of credit and to overspending. This is one area, Don, that will get people by the juggler. It gets a chemical called dopamine. Yes. The dopamine is released in excess, and they want it more and more and more. Many of these people will not break it outside the hospital. It's that strong. Yeah. The second one, Don, is self-injury. Hmm. It's huge now. And with this, Don, they get an opioid relief, and with that, it sort of lifts the mood. But it's, it's a sign of instability. Uh, if you're scratching, if you're cutting, any of that kind of self-injury stuff is not mentally stable. And again, you might want to grade yourself zero, not an issue, one, a little bit of an issue, and uh, ten, they're in big trouble. Yeah. All right. Number three Third. on my list, Don, is manic. And that means that our people are angry or high to the point they have bad judgment. And uh, so, of course, that's another major reason uh, that people go in the hospital. It's a major mental instability. And manic. Frank, anger is a huge issue today. Road rage, we hear a lot about that. So people literally becoming uh, angry and enraged while they're shopping. And it could be that they're individuals whose instability comes out when they're faced with the pressures, and that instability may need to be dealt with. And, and some people won't quite get the term manic dot. Think yeah. mood swings. Yeah. A, a lot of mood swings, then, then that, that's not good mental stability. 
Don, number, four. Uh, number four on my list would be behavior problems. I mean, there's obvious problems maybe in the home. There's obvious problems maybe legally, but behavior problems. Zero, not really. One, a little bit of a behavior problem, maybe conflict with parents or something. And ten, again, they're, they're carrying your wife. Yeah, somebody just literally comes to the place of having a meltdown, of going through a very difficult time and having trouble getting along with family and friends, uh, perhaps uh, really engaging in self-destructive kinds of, of behaviors, uh, those kinds of things, obviously obviously creating a great deal of difficulty in the area of behaviors. And, and Scripture says a lot about behavior, about uh, exercising the right behavior. And we have the power of the Spirit of God to let us do that. Uh, instability and sinful behavior often go hand in hand. What's number five? Number five, Don, is suicidal ideations. Suicidal ideations will go in three or four levels. One is just a brief thought. Two is serious consideration. Uh, and, and three is, is a plan, and four is an attempt. And uh, so, you know, I would say you know, almost any of those are significant, certainly anything beyond the first one, and maybe yeah. even the first one. So you can, grade it, you can grade all those five I gave you, zero to ten, and those are sort of dramatic addictions, self-injury, manic behavior problems, suicidal ideations. Those are dramatic. I'll get to something yeah. that a little bit less dramatic for you that are rather mentally healthy, but you think you're not perfect. Uh, worry and anxiety. How would you rate yourself zero to ten? It's a measure of mental stability. Worry and anxiety. And the scripture tells us, be anxious for nothing in Philippians 4, verse 6, but in everything by prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to God. The second? Number two is a real concrete measure of mental stability. It's insomnia. When you get nervous or anxious, and incidentally, there are many, many causes of anxiety. It's not always uh, many, many causes of insomnia. It's not always anxiety, but anxiety is probably the number one cause. Yeah. I mean, it can be other medical issues, and some people just don't sleep much, but, but insomnia, zero to ten. Number three. Low energy and low motivation. Uh, it's an indication many times of mental stability. Now, sometimes there are primarily other medical issues going on, anemia, hypothyroid, other issues that can give you low energy, low motivation. But you've got to at least look at it. Is it a measure of your mental stability? And you that are, have been depressed and you're getting better, don't get too discouraged. I see people say, oh, you know, I'm still tired. My mood's good. I'm still tired. It's the last thing many times to come back. But it can be a measure of mental, mental stability for many. Low energy, low motivation, yeah. zero is normal. Ten, you don't have enough energy to get out of bed. Frank, I think Daniel, in that verse you gave from Daniel 6 earlier, an excellent spirit was found in him. He was a man who was motivated despite adverse circumstances, even being thrown into the lion's den. Number four is depression. Zero, you're not really depressed. I mean, everybody gets upset, but you're really not depressed. Uh, one, you're a little sad all the time, and ten, I mean, it's pathetic. Uh, so depression, zero to ten, is yeah. a measure of mental stability where you're at. And don't feel bad if you're, you know, coming up a little high on some of these. But it, I'm just saying look at it, and maybe you need to talk to your pastor or, or maybe a family doctor. Areas just to look at. Number five. It's anger, zero to ten. Zero, not really. Now, everybody gets mad, but it's really not an issue. When you look at anger, look at intensity and frequency and sort of resulting behavior. So (laughs) grade yourself zero to ten on anger. It's a measure of stability. Dr. Frank Menrith, you have given us 10 of 15 measures of our mental stability, and I believe you owe us five more. Number, Number 11, Don is functioning. Hmm. Overall, how are you functioning in your job, socially, 
zero, you're doing fine. You have to think in reverse here. Zero, you're doing, you're doing adequate, you're doing fine. And 10, I mean, it just, you know, you're, you're staying home, you're not functioning at all. Now, this next one's a little tricky. Uh, you got to think this through. But the stressors in your life. Zero, really, you don't have any. One, you have a few stressors. And 10, I mean, it, it's just, you know, it's a Job story right out. Yeah. But in the middle of that, if you're doing rather well, you know, you give yourself a good score. And yeah. if you're really struggling, then you're still in trouble with mental stability. When people begin to hear voices at any level, I'm concerned. There's an area of the brain called the limbic brain. There's a chemical in there called dopamine 2. That can go up. It's real complicated, but that's part of it. And they'll begin to hear their own thoughts or music. And at that point, I am concerned with the mental stability. So on that one, if you even give yourself a one, I'm concerned. King Saul in 1 Samuel was an example of somebody who had that kind of mental instability. What's our fourth one? would be, this, this is specific, it would be PTSD, intrusive thoughts. And, and for you, they have been through severe trauma. Uh, are the thoughts still intruding very, very tough? Incidentally, Don, uh, uh, there's, a, uh, there's a blood pressure medicine, a beta blocker that many mm. times will sort of slow that down. So there mm. is hope. We'll be right back after this message. Forgiveness is a key to becoming completely free from past hurts. Steve Saint, author of The End of the Spear, discusses how we as Christians can forgive since we have been forgiven much. I was speaking at a church not too terribly long ago, and um, I was talking about forgiveness and the need to reconcile, you know, in uh is it Second Corinthians seven or five seventeen through twenty? It says that hmm. if any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And it says this is possible because God has reconciled us to Himself. Reconciliation, you know, like you get your bank statement, and the bank says you have less money than you're sure that you have. Well, you have to do a reconciliation. You have to talk to them and figure out who's wrong. Something's missing, something's been subtracted that shouldn't have been. And that process we call a reconciliation, where you come to terms, starting out believing that uh, the state of affairs is different. The bank, at least I've never had to reconcile with the bank, where the bank thought I had more than I thought I did. Yeah, I've never had that problem either. (laughs) Yeah, I, I don't think that happens. Rarely. But in relationships... You know, why is it that so, so, so many of us, and nobody is immune, why is it that so many of us have broken and hurt relationships? You know, my conclusion is this. It's that we all tend to think that a 50-50 relationship is the ideal. Mm, For instance, I remember um, teaching a class on marriage when I was just newly married. Isn't that the way we usually do it? It is indeed. And I remember reading what somebody recommended that every marriage should be a uh, 100% equation. It ought to be the husband ought to give 50% and the wife ought to give 50%. And I remember realizing somehow I don't think that that works. And then I, and then I realized why. Now it took me a, it took me a little while longer and this is what I would suggest it is, that a 50-50 relationship never works because 
when we get 50%, we always see it as less than that. And when we give 50%, we always see it as more than that. We always, always tend to give ourselves the benefit of the doubt. And so when we see a 50-50 relationship, both sides tend to see it as 60-40. They see, they tend to think that they're giving more than they're getting. But how in the world, Don, do we get over that unless, well, unless, what if? Yeah. What if both sides in a marriage or a friendship decided that they were willing to give more than they got? Yeah. But then maybe... If we were willing to give 60 and get 40, both sides would surely think that they were. Well, at least at least the vast majority. And I think, frankly, that that's the only way that it works. Now, I'll give you an example. I've been married to Ginny for 34 years, and it has been a marriage made in heaven. In fact, I, I don't say that loosely because if it wasn't for that, mm-hmm. I don't think that it would have worked. Yeah. I am not easy to get along with, but in 34 years, I have always felt like Jenny was willing to get give a lot more than she ever asked me back for. Mm. Yeah. And it seems to me that isn't that why our relationship with Christ works? Because he didn't wait until we were lovely to choose us. He took us while we were yet sinners. Yeah. And if we would do the same with each other. But before we go too deep, I want to admit that I've had my struggles with people. Fortunately, it hasn't been many, but there have been some. And maybe we can talk about, um, you know, unless, unless you and I are willing to open up, I don't think many others are. No, I don't think they will. And... and to be candid about it, Steve, you and I both have had our share with other individuals, maybe not a huge number. I, I've not had a huge number, but I've had conflicts. Uh, you know, in families, we learn how to push buttons. And uh, I, unfortunately, have learned how to push people's buttons, and people have learned how to push my buttons. And uh, sometimes that gets us in a crosswise and irritating thing. I've heard it said that the loneliest place is surrounded by casual friends. Yeah. Um, the friendships that we long for are the friendships of people who are willing to sacrifice themselves for us, which yeah. the Bible calls the, uh, you know, it says, I think it's John 15, that's um, fifteen thirteen, says that nobody loves anybody more than somebody who's willing to give their life yeah. for a friend. Yeah, and, and Paul in Second Corinthians, about the uh, 12th chapter, near the end of the chapter, said to the people in Corinth, most gladly will I spend and be spent for you, though the more abundantly I love you, the less I seem to be loved. And isn't that the way it goes sometimes? It, 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 that seems to describe what you were talking about, that 60-40 kind of relationship where the Corinthians probably thought, we're giving Paul a lot more than we're getting from this guy. Um, Don, I, I started talking about this man that came up to me after I had used 2 Corinthians 5:17 through 20, which right. are, you know, talks about God reconciling us to himself and then calling us to be his ambassadors of reconciliation. I was talking about it in terms of the gospel, this man came up to me afterwards, and he shook my hand and wouldn't let it go, and he said, 
so, I guess I probably ought to talk to my brother and sister. Hmm. I didn't know what he was talking about. And I said, have you not been talking to them? He said, no, not since my mother died. Hmm. And I said, why? And he said, because some harsh things were said then. And I said, how long ago was that? He said, 38 years. Hmm. He had one brother and one sister, his only living relatives, and they hadn't spoken in 38 years. Yeah. When I got when we showed uh, End of the Spear at um, the United Nations building afterwards, uh, a diplomat from Uganda came up to me, and I could tell that the man was just in terrible pain. And he said, my story is like yours. And I thought, how, how could that be? He said, my father was brutally killed in the genocides in Uganda. Hmm. He said, the difference between us is that I saw that those men were put in jail and I have never, ever forgiven them. He made the and choice I, not to forgive. Yeah. Well, I don't think he. I don't think he knew how. Jenny and I went on a cruise, and uh, after end of the spear was shown, this was a crystal cruise. They took us from Miami down to Ecuador and just asked us to show the movie, and uh, we needed to go down anyway. But this this old man who had lost every member of his family except himself in the Holocaust. Um, terrible, terrible thing. Can you imagine? Oh, yeah. He came up to me afterwards in his 80s, and he said, you know, it has never occurred to me the option of forgiveness. Mm. In his whole life, he'd carried this burden. I mean, can you imagine how terrible yeah. it is? Mm -hmm. His whole life from the time he was a young man, and it had never occurred to him that, the, uh, yeah. that there is an option that's forgiveness. You know, they say, Don, that um, hurt people hurt people. Oh, good way to put it. People when, who have been wounded are those who wound others would be another way to put that. But I like the simplicity of the phrase, hurt people hurt people. And one of the illustrations that I've used on a number of occasions, and, and I've used it because it's it's been meaningful to me, because I've been guilty of carrying rocks around and having a long memory. And the picture is, let's say it's the end of the service, and, and you're leaving, and we're passing out gunny sacks, and everybody gets a burlap gunny sack. And in that gunny sack, you have to put a rock or a brick every time somebody does you wrong. And when you forgive, you can take it off. Now, you can when you go to sleep at night, if you're asleep, you can set your gunny sack down. But when you wake up, you have to be carrying your gunny sack. And for a lot of us, there are a lot of wrongs in there. There are a lot of pretty good-sized rocks. And it gets exhausting just to make your way through life. And I think, really... That the best way for us to learn to forgive is to spend time thinking about where we've been forgiven. Thank you for listening to this episode of Encouragement for You with Don Hawkins, host of Encouragement Live Radio and author of over 25 books, including Never Give Up and Master Discipleship Today. You can find more about Don and his books at encouragementlive.org Encouragement for You is a production of Encouragement Communications with the Salem Web Network and lifeaudio.com Editing by Phil Gebers Production by Elizabeth Andrade If you enjoyed what you heard today we'd love for you to head over to your favorite podcast app and leave us a review It really does help people find us 
Let me take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on Encouragement for You. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Stay encouraged and join us next time for Encouragement for You. Hi, I'm Zach. And I'm Randy. And we're from Salty Saints Podcast. We're a theology and apologetics podcast. We hope to better equip you to be salt and light for your community. Uh, We hope that we can help you to go out and be a reflection of Jesus Christ to those around you, uh, to your friends and your family, and especially to those that do not know Christ. To find out more, subscribe at lifeaudio.com.